I like rejoicing with y'all more than I like <clears throat> being in the center of attention here, but that's okay. Um, I tell you what, I'm, I covet your prayers tonight. Um, I really feel like I'm, just, I'm not out here by myself, um, here with all of you, <clears throat> with all of you, and, uh, and ask for your help tonight, just in prayers and backing me up, input, you know. Let's do this together. Um, I tell you, I get emotional this time of year. I'm more emotional than I like sometimes, but that's all right. I can, I can live with that. Um, <clears throat> but I tell you what, I, I start, and we should, our attention swivels towards Christ, <clears throat> his crucifixion, his resurrection. <clears throat> and we, and, and it, it deserves every bit of honor we can give it deserves all the thought and attention we can give it um i'm thankful that that at least at least once a year you know a large part of our communities turn and face their attention to to my jesus um i'm thankful for that um but i tell you what, i get i have i was thinking I, you know, with aunt ruthie passing away um it's affected me more than i thought it would um I'm realizing just being here, I'm so used to them in the past, Uncle Ben and Aunt Ruthie both being here. Um, she became a cheerleader of mine when I moved to Wilmington, really supported me and, and uh, encouraged me, um, gave me a lot of tough advice, um, gave me a lot of pats on the back. Every bit of it was needed and good, and, and I'm thankful for it and appreciate it. But we sang um, on heaven's bright shore, there'll be no more dying. Um, <clears throat> and I can't help, you know, heaven's getting a little sweeter all the time. <laughs> it's getting a little closer all the time. And I'm finding myself just in, as, as she passed and to the funeral, and then the days after as it starts to really sink in into your everyday life as reality, you know, she's not here with us anymore. Um, but I can't grieve too much. <laughs> there is a hope and a victory and an excitement, too, when I think of her rejoicing. I think of her singing, I think of her shouting, I think of her just having a good time as she liked to do um, years past. And each one of us I know has somebody in our life that has passed on that we miss. Um, we have somebody in heaven that we long to see again. Um, <clears throat> I'm thankful for the hope that we have beyond this life, beyond this grave, beyond the... Uh, do y'all realize there's going to be a... A, a place one day for us if we live for God with no more pain I can't hardly imagine that um, you, you ones older than me might kind of laugh at me for <laughs> thinking that even I hear it gets harder as far as that goes but no more aches no more pains no more sickness uh, from what I understand there's not much labor there um, <clears throat> no working to try to pay bills is that all right <laughs> No more laundry to do. We sing a song, no laundry and no mending. <laughs> That's all right. No doctor with a pill case in his hand. That's okay, too. But I think about the thing that really strikes me is to think to get to a place where there's no more temptation. There's no more trial. No more pressing through the physical things that try to trip us up and looking with faith and hope into the Spirit and leaning on something that we can't see. And we sing a song that... Uh, <clears throat> says it may seem God does not hear you and withholds the gift you seek. Then just learn to trust in silence when the Father does not speak. Have you all ever been there? 
I've been there. There's times in this physical experience of life that we have, we have to just wait on the Lord. But to think of a time, we don't have to do that anymore. <clears throat> we're there with Jesus face to face all the time. When we're, we've received our final reward. We received that thing. And the scriptures talk about how we've received the earnest of the inheritance. We received a piece of it to secure the contract he's made with us. Um, but there's going to be a final redemption, a final time of us escaping, being released from this body and being at home with our Lord. Um, I'm looking forward to that. That's where I want to go. And I, I've decided that no matter what comes in this life, no matter how hard it gets, um, no matter what comes up, whether through failure or success or sickness or health, you know, whatever comes, if I'm alone or surrounded with all of you the rest of my life, I'm going to make it all the way. Um, and for everybody that's here, whatever, wherever you're at and you're standing with God, wherever you're at on your journey into salvation and on to heaven, um, you know, in our life, we're, brother said it so beautiful this morning, we're not born sanctified. We're not born right with God. Um, and I'd like to talk about that some tonight. We're born with sin in our heart. And any one of us that starts to look into Jesus, that starts to believe, starts to learn, starts to pray, starts to ask God for help, starts to understand. Um, God will put people in our life. God will put things for us to read. God will give us the right things. If we start to turn to Him and, and listen to Him, and God will bring us, every man that listens to Him will bring us to a point of repentance. When we start to see who God is, start to see Christ for who He is, and recognize the sin in our hearts, it will bring us to a point of brokenness and repentance. And when we repent, if He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He will forgive us. And then I'm convinced, I'm thankful for a church that taught me this so it made it easy for me. But a man who's truly forgiven and continues to seek God, God will bring him to a point of full surrender. A point where God says, I want everything from you. And when we yield everything to God, he will bless us with his Holy Spirit, sanctify us, and equip us to make it through the rest of our life successful in a spiritual way so we can make it to a home in heaven wherever you're at on that path, on that timeline, if you will, tonight. Um, <clears throat> I want you to know God loves you. God cares about you. God cares about your situation. No matter how hard it may seem, no matter what may be going on in your life, God cares about you, and He's drawing you, yes. drawing you to Himself. And um, I just love the Lord tonight. Um, I don't want to take too long, but, man, I've got a lot of thoughts in my mind. I've been praying today that God would help me focus on what message He wants to be said tonight, so I ask your prayers for that, too. I've been thinking, and I'm just going to just share my heart with you tonight, if that's all right with you. Just about the curse that was placed on man in the garden. Um, <clears throat> and then how Christ came to redeem us from that curse. And, um, and just go through it as simply as I know how. Um, well, let me back up a little bit. We were singing that song. And Brother Todd, you were following my thought. You're a few steps ahead of me in my thought process, you know. Um, <clears throat> there's a time where, just like those children of Israel in bondage, God spoke to us. And told us what to do. If you want to be free from your sin, if you want to serve me, if you want out of the, of the state of life that you're in, there is a way out. And it's through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's through that. I remember being 10, 10 years old. 
camp meeting, 1981, 1991 rather. And uh, and God had been working with me for a month or two or more, and uh, <clears throat> and finally that one night at camp meeting, I I wasn't able to sleep. I was Ten years old, couldn't sleep at night, you know, just really just just convicted with what you know, God was laying on my heart, and, uh, and we had had some altar service, and Brother Douglas actually came and asked me if I wanted to go to the altar, and I said, I do, and went to the altar and began to pray for God to forgive me of my sins, and I remember being there 10 years old, struggling with doubt, struggling with faith, you know, trying to believe, trying to really just pour my heart out God with all these people around, and I wasn't, I was a shy kid, I didn't really like all the people around me so much, um, but I remember the older ones just there encouraging, telling me how to pray, teaching me how to pray. But we sang the song that night um, to help me get through, get my sins forgiven that night. <clears throat> and I wrote it in a Bible that Aunt Pat gave me, my Sunday school teacher, when I graduated from her class just not long before that. Um, and I wrote there, I went back to my cabin that night and wrote in the Bible that song we sang, <clears throat> At the Cross, At the Cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith that I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. And I was thinking about that song today. Was it for sins that I have done? That he died upon the tree? Yes, it was. Did he devote that sacred head for such a warm as I, it says to, and there. But I thought just 10 years old, I remember very clearly in my mind seeing that night and it wasn't from a picture book. It wasn't from a movie. Or free. I remember seeing Christ on the cross there for me. <clears throat> and it helped. It gave me the faith I needed to believe that, God, you died for my sins. You died for me to be forgiven. And if I claim that, if I lay what I have at his feet, at his feet, I can have forgiveness of sins. Um, years later... Um, you know, with, uh, with kids and whatnot, there was a time I found myself that I had strayed away. Didn't hardly know it. God showed me where I was, and I prayed one night going to bed, God, I'll do anything it takes. You know, help me make this thing right. I want to be sanctified more than anything else. And I imagine some of y'all have found yourself at that place before. Um, if you're not there tonight, um, <clears throat> I tell you what, God answers that prayer. Um, God answers that prayer. He will show you. I found if I ask him, God, what do I need to do? He will help us through. I woke up the next morning and just very clearly in my mind, you need to go to church and make a fresh start, make a new start. That's what God asked me to do. Um, we weren't having church that morning. It was a Sunday morning. We weren't having church. I called my father-in-law, you know, called Sam and said, hey, I need to pray. He said, all right, meet me at the church. And <clears throat> I pulled out, got dressed and, and pulled out by myself of the uh, neighborhood and went down Middle Sound Loop Road, back up to Market Street and got to the make a right-hand turn on Market Street and looked into the lane I was about to turn into, <clears throat> and Christ was standing there. <clears throat> this is my experience. But I remember him just standing there, beckoning for me to come. <clears throat> I got to church and, and knelt, talked to Sam for a while, knelt down and started to pray, and he said, David, I think it'd be good for you to pray out loud. And I was really uncomfortable for me, but all right, you know. <clears throat> helped me focus, perhaps, but prayed. And I tell you what, Christ was right there at that altar. Many years later from the time I was a 10-year-old kid, he was there. He was there. He was there working with me. That night, went back to the altar to pray to get sanctified. And, and, and God worked with me at the altar in a way that I did not expect. <clears throat> really worked with me to help me reach a point of full surrender to him. And I tell you, the moment that I committed everything over to him, he was there again. I could see him in my mind. I could see it tonight. I could just paint the picture for you. 
<clears throat> and he reached out and took me in an embrace just like one of you brothers would. <clears throat> I tell you, that's the Jesus we serve tonight. It's the Jesus we serve tonight. Yes, he hung on that cross for us. Yes, he did all those things. I believe every, every miracle that's written in the Bible, I believe it. Um, <clears throat> but tonight, he's available for you. I want you to realize that. Um, have you seen him before? Have you heard his voice? Have you felt his tug? Have you felt that knock on your heart? Have you felt that? <clears throat> um, and I don't want to talk more than I read necessarily, but it might happen tonight. I thought today about our Sunday school teachers and about how they taught, and I would like to encourage anybody here as a Sunday school teacher, um, really take that job seriously. Um, I tell you what, my Sunday school teachers, Aunt Jerry, Aunt Linda Lynch, Aunt Pat, Aunt Barbara, different ones, really laid a foundation of faith for me in my life that helped me when I got older to commit to him, to serve him, to live for him. And I thought, as I was thinking through today, about all the just the different stories I learned as a kid, um, <clears throat> and starting in Genesis, I believe that God created everything. I believe that God created the worlds. I believe yes. he created the heaven and the earth. I believe he created all the creeping things and all the living things in it. He created day and night. He did all these things. Um, heard a lot lately just about how, you know, that doesn't match up with science or match up with this and the other. I can't worry about that too much. But I'm telling you, God created everything. Um, he is the creator. He is the creator of the, of the, of the earth. He's the creator of all of us. Um, and he created man in his own image, in his own likeness, and he placed him in a garden, in the Garden of Eden. And he walked with them and talked with them. He spent time with them. There was no sin at this point. There was nothing there that separated them from God. It was a perfect situation for man. This is what me and you are designed for, is to spend time with God, with Him. Um, it says that the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And He said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God a-walking, in the garden in the cool of the day, <clears throat> as it had many times before, it sounds like. The times they had talked with him, walked with him, spent time with him. But what do they do? Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? <clears throat> where, where are you? Where would you go? What happened? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee? That thou wast naked. Hast thou eaten of the tree? Where have I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. <clears throat> and the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow, 
and thy conception, and sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened, <clears throat> listen to this, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field, and the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and to dust shalt thou return. <clears throat> and it goes on and says, The Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil, and now lest he put forth his hand, and take also the tree of life, and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth, sent him out from the garden of Eden, to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims, and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. <clears throat> and I've had the thought recently, we know this story. I believe this story. I believe what it says. But if I think about this story, God is big enough, <clears throat> and God did this all throughout the scriptures. He recorded, through men, recorded things that actually happened. But all throughout, he used these sayings as an allegory. He used these sayings as a story to teach us about the Spirit. And I think about Adam and Eve and how he formed them and placed them in this garden, this perfection. It talks about the streams and the rivers and, the, and the, just the abundance of this place, the fruit. They had everything they needed there. And I think about the situation in Adam's heart. <clears throat> if I think about that garden as a state of his soul at that point, he had abundance. He had everything he needed. He had the Spirit of God inside. He had these things inside of him. But when he sinned, when he rebelled against what God had told him to do, he lost that. He lost that. Not only was he driven out, physically out of this garden, but the garden that was in his heart, that fountain of water of life springing up inside of him, ceased. Ceased. <laughs> he went from having all the abundance he would want to having cursed as the ground, last sake. Thorns and thistles and these things. Sweat of thy brow. It changed everything. And I think we're born into this world and we can't hardly understand it because it's just what we're used to. It's what we see. <clears throat> but there is a curse. There is something inside of us that has died. There's something inside of us that is not the way God designed it or God intended it to be. Guys, I was, I'm working on a job. It's a hundred-year-old house. Um, finally about done with the thing. But um, kind of a downtown section of Wilmington that's really property rates are rising. I mean, it's a, it's a nice up-and-coming place. But <clears throat> just the other day, I was just standing there with a trim man, and we heard a terrible crash and crunch down the road. So we <clears throat> went down to check it up, check it out, and... Apparently there was a car chase through the neighborhood. Somebody had stolen something from somebody else, taken off. The guy chased them. They were, I don't know how fast they were going through this. One-lane roads, cars parked on each side of the neighborhood, and a woman in a minivan with about five children. Never saw them coming. <clears throat> you know, had an had a awful, awful wreck. The guy who was chasing them took off. The guy who was being chased handed some stuff to somebody else. He took off. Um, <clears throat> Thankfully, no one seemed to be hurt real bad, but I left there um, just watching these children crying, hurt, you know, one had a hurt shoulder, one had something wrong with his face, I mean, it was just, and we see these things, we hear about these things, <clears throat> but I walked away from there thinking, you know, there's something inside of man that causes these things to happen. There's something inside of man that causes the stealing, that causes the lying, that causes the robbery, that causes the murder, that causes, you know, 
Right, break down of morality, the thing that causes addictions, the thing that causes broken homes, the things that cause these, the, all this stuff that we see. There's something inside of man that causes that. God didn't design it this way. It is something that happened because man rebelled against God. And now every one of us that are born are born with that curse, are born with that seed of sin inside of us. The thing that, that causes these things to happen. I remember being young. And I watch my children, too, as they grow up. And there's just something there that kind of naturally wants to do wrong. That naturally just kind of wants to rebel against what your parents tell you to do. Rebel against what your teachers tell you to do. Rebel against what your grandparents say is right. It's there. There's something inside. And we may trim back these things and that thing that's sprouting up inside of us and try to get rid of it. But I tell you what, I got to be 9, 10 years old, and it just got worse and worse. And they kept growing. And... I've watched others, my goodness, it just gets worse. Um, and through pride, through morality, through, you know, trying to, you know, maintain appearances, man, we may trim that thing back that's growing inside of us that we don't like, but it's there. It is there. Um, <clears throat> and it's an humbling thought to me to think of that. Um, Jesus told the, them that were gathered with him, um, I've been thinking about this all week, well, he had compassion on them, it says. He was moved with compassions. They were sheep as having no shepherd. He preached to them. He worked with them. And multitudes followed him. Um, but it said he committed himself not unto them because he knew what was in man. He knew there was something there that wasn't going to support what he was teaching them. He knew there was something there that was contrary to what he was saying. He told them at one point, he said, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, will bring forth that which is good. But an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, will bring forth that which is evil. He talked about how a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. A bad tree can't bear good fruit. Can you gather figs of thistles? You can't do that. It doesn't work that way. There's something inside of us. Um, and that's what Christ came to change. Um, Isaiah tells us in the 53rd chapter, and giving us just this beautiful picture of Christ years before he came. <clears throat> it says that he is despised and rejected of men. He's a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. But surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. <clears throat> There comes a point where it's not just that thing, nature inside of us. There's actually things that we have done wrong, things that we feel guilty about, things that we have done against people, against we, we God, know. lies we have told, <clears throat> things we have taken that's not ours, people we have hurt in our life. We have hatred in our hearts, envy in our hearts, these things. These things are all sins against God. But he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. This doesn't, this affects everybody. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. I tell you, it was a sobering thing to me when I realized one day that I was a criminal. I had done wrong. I had done wrong against God. Um, <clears throat> but God didn't lay that punishment on me the way I deserved it. Um, Adam deserved to die for the rebellion that he had rebelled against God. 
God really had mercy on him by sending him out. And he did all this work to preserve people you know, so that one day he could redeem them through Christ. But we, each one of us, deserve, really deserve death for what we have done. We deserve that. <clears throat> we have sinned against God. We were rebelled against the Maker that made us, the Creator that created us. But God didn't do that. He put that sin, He put that punishment, He put that, that, um, those crimes that we committed on Christ on His shoulders when He went to the cross. Laid that punishment on Him so we could be free. It says a little later, It pleased the Lord to bruise Him. He hath put Him to grief. When thou shalt make His soul an offering for sin, He shall see His seed. He shall prolong His days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in His hand. He shall see the travail of His soul, and shall be satisfied. By His knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for He shall bear their iniquities. Um, <clears throat> read to you too real quick. The third chapter of St. John. Nicodemus came to Christ by night and asked him, how can we... Well, he says, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. No man can do these miracles thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered him, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Further down, he said, um, Scripture is very familiar to all of us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. <clears throat> he that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. And I'd like to read to you too, in 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter. This has been on my heart and my mind a lot this year. It says that, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, the brother mentioned this this morning, he is a new creature, Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. I've always skipped over this next verse for some reason, never noticed it. But he says, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. This is good news. Not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. He's given us so much through Christ. In Colossians, in the first chapter, it tells us that it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated, we were all there, and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Um, and I thought I'll, I'll try to end with that. I'm sorry I've been so scattered, I guess. But, um, but the thought, if I could just impress this one thing on your, on your heart and on your mind tonight. Um, and just when Christ appeared to each one of us, <clears throat> appeared to each one of us, um, and called us unto himself. And I think I'm amazed. We sang the song this morning, and I can sing this from the bottom of my heart. I can never understand why he sought even me. I still marvel at that. 
He worked with me so patiently. He spent time with me in a way I just didn't deserve. He's there for you too. I can never understand why he sought even me or even why his wife's blood on Calvary flowed. But sufficient for me since he died on the tree and he has put my sins under the blood. I thought about Christ. <clears throat> he met with his disciples before his crucifixion. And you could tell he was beginning to feel the weight even more than he had felt it before. <clears throat> but he sat there with him and he took the bread and he held it up and he said, this is my body. And he'd break it. <clears throat> and he took that cup and he said, this is my blood. And I have in my mind him just pouring it out, you know. <clears throat> but he said, he told him to drink all of it, you know, all of it. That's what he did for us. He gave his body. He gave his blood. He gave himself for us. And, you know, we talk about it. I think there's a lot of people that believe, Uncle Ray used to say, a lot of people believe in Jesus kind of like they believe in Abraham Lincoln or George Washington. They believe that he was. They may believe that he did some things. They may believe what the Bible says about it. But I'm telling you, God's alive today. Jesus is alive and real right now. If you really, truly believe in Christ, you will give your life to Him. You will give your life to Him. And I tell you, if any one of you would just turn your face toward Christ and just start to ask Him for, your, for help. If you lack faith, ask Him for that. If you're not sure what to believe, ask Him for that. He can help you with it. If you're not sure what step to take next, ask Him. He will work with you. He will teach you. I have found... That, that Christ drew me to Himself. And He shows me. He showed me. And He'll show each one of you. I bled for you. I gave my blood for you. I gave everything for you. I love you. I will help you. I will be with you. He's been with me all the way. Um, he poured Himself out. He poured out His soul into death. It was numbered with the transgressors for each and every one of us. So that we could have eternal life. So that we could have that. Guys, this is for you. It's for all Amen. of us. If you're struggling today, Christ is there for you. If, if you're not sure what the next step is, Christ is there for you. If you're not sure how to work for Him, ask Him. Ask Him. Work with Him. Let Him be your friend. Let it be a relationship and not just a doctrine. Let it be something that you have right here on the inside. Somebody you walk with and talk with all the time. But I love each and every one of you. I uh, appreciate you all spending time with me tonight. <laughs> And uh, I'm praying for each one of y'all. I pray for me.